Hey, hey, you're listening to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Wood. I'm a barefoot mama bear, pharmacist, integrative fertility health coach, and lover of all things nature and animals. I'm on a mission to have intentional conversations about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond. My mindful guests and I will be talking about struggles, wins, natural wellness, and how we grow and transform as we enter motherhood. My background in healthcare has shown me how broken our medical system is. My own struggles to become pregnant has shown the lack of support for mamas-to-be, the lack of guidance for women to have a nourishing and vibrant pregnancy, the isolation, mom guilt, and all the things we hold after bringing baby Earthside. I want this platform to be a place where women can feel connected, safe and supported to share and hear their stories. A place to use our voice to discuss and advocate about what we need and deserve as mothers. So let's dive in, shall we? Hello and welcome to Rising Into Mindful Motherhood. Today I'll be talking with Michelle Perda. She is a married mother of three, marriage coach for moms and parents, and the host of the Marriage and Motherhood podcast. She works with moms and couples who desire healthier communication that can transform conflict into connection to reignite that spark so they can feel like a couple again rather than just co-parenting roommates. And today we're going to be discussing how to set your marriage up for success in motherhood. So welcome, Michelle. I'm really excited to have you here and to have this conversation. Thank you so much. I love being here and I feel grateful. Awesome. So I I always love to dive in a little bit um, about you and what your journey looked like to becoming passionate on this topic. Yeah. So my journey was not like I dreamt of being this <laughs> person who worked in this way as a small child. I had no idea what a life coach was up until right before I became one, actually. But why I'm passionate about helping moms and parents feel like a couple again is because mm-hmm. I very much didn't grow up with that example for myself. So my parents actually ended up getting divorced, which hindsight was the best thing they could have done for us. But because they were not equipped with the right communication skills or the right examples from their own parents and grandparents to show them what it takes to actually be able to thrive through their marriage as you're navigating parenthood. Mm -hmm. I myself encountered a lot of issues, both in my relationships prior to becoming a parent and after becoming a parent. I thought that I was great at communicating because I did the complete opposite of what my mom did, which was shut down and not talk. And so I did the opposite and talked too much, but only realized several relationships later that talking doesn't necessarily equal effective communication. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I kept running into the same issues, no matter what relationship I was in with who. And I really had to kind of just look myself in the mirror and say, Hey, if this same thing is happening every single time, maybe there's something to what I'm doing, how I'm showing up, who I'm being in the relationship. And only then was I able to completely change my experience in relationships. 
But then I became a parent. My now husband already had a son. So I quickly became a mother figure once we started dating. And that threw in a whole slew of other issues. And navigating being a wife, a woman, while being a mother figure is its whole journey. And what I've learned in that process is that this is a very common experience that moms go through where they are very excited to add to their family. And then once their family grows, they then throw themselves into motherhood and they completely forget who they are, how to take care of themselves. And then they shove their marriage in the back burner. And as time goes on, while they're watching their kids thrive, their marriage is starting to disconnect. They're starting to fight more. Resentment is growing between the two and connection is completely dead. And so as soon as I started realizing that was happening in my marriage, I was not having it because the whole reason why we become parents is to add to the joy, to add to our legacy and not to throw our prior lives away, but to bring more life into it. Right. And so I think it matters a lot to a not give up who you are or your marriage just because you become a parent, not having to wait 18 plus years to finally live your life, but also be a healthy example to your kids on, hey, this is what it takes and this is what it looks like to be in a healthy relationship, to have healthy communication, to prioritize your connection with your spouse Mm -hmm. while raising kids and not having to choose to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you and I care, uh, share some commonalities. So my parents were divorced. I was five, maybe five or six. So at a very young age, and even after their divorce, you know, communication was not good in the first couple of years. So um, I can totally resonate with that. And also, um, you know, in dating my husband, he also had a son. So I also have, you know, (laughs) step into that, uh, you know, maternal role, which like, like you had mentioned is can be very, very, very tricky because obviously you have um, another parent to kind of quote unquote co-parent with as well. It can be very interesting, um, an interesting dynamic. And then, you know, I don't know if your parents ever, you know, found anyone else, but as myself, I grew up with you know, step parents and things like that. It can be a very interesting (laughs) dynamic. And even just the role that we were exposed to growing up with those either girlfriends, boyfriends, partners, and then maybe eventually step parents. I think that that can even kind of be an influence into how you show up as a, you know, motherly role. Um, But yeah, I, you're so right. You know, we decide to have children as a couple because, we love each other. You know, that's typically how that works. And you want to expand your family and grow it and just add to the joy and yeah, just, you know, have that legacy to, to share with future generations. And it is so easy to get caught up into parenting. You know, there, there's so many expectations. I feel 
on everyone, but especially on the mother, you know, we're expected to have the baby and go back to work six weeks later and have that career and have your, your children be well and thriving in, in, you know, sports and just all of the things and then keeping up with, uh, you know, your social life. And then, yeah, it's so easy to have your relationship get put on the back burner. So what was it that you, like, what actions did you start taking? What was like the biggest um, change for you and your relationship when you started seeing um, your marriage going down that path? Yeah. So once I started noticing that my marriage was kind of going downhill, when we started arguing a lot more, we started to almost avoid each other and just do life in parallel. Mm. I started to really become intentional about how I wanted to live this life. How do I want life to pan out here? Like we were so happy prior to doing this whole parenting thing, adding to the family. And how did we get to this place, right? People don't have kids to be miserable. Are they a lot? Yes. But they're also like all the good things and all the challenging things. And there has to be a way to enjoy all aspects of your life. Maybe not at the same time at all times, but there has to be a way to live a life that feels full. And so I kind of went on a pursuit of figuring what that thing was. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I do that? Right? Like, how do we work together? Because clearly we have something good going on because we couldn't have gotten to this place without that thing. So maybe it's about rediscovering that thing and growing from that place and growing as individuals so that we place less pressure on each other and more more emphasis on how can we support each other's personal and relationship growth as a couple. And so I've figured out three major aspects in reflecting back on our marriage that I think that everyone needs to be able to work towards and do to really set their marriage up for success as they become parents. And even parents who are seasoned can take away from this as well. Because if you are like me and you didn't have the proper model or example to really show you how to thrive in both or not even both, but all three of being a woman, being a wife, and being a mom, you can definitely take something away from this that maybe you don't see from the people around you. So the first tip is actually, it's really important to have a good understanding of what it is that you see and imagine and dream of for your life, right? Like as a young kid, whether you were the kid who like had a scrapbook of your wedding or whatever, right? You had some vision of this is what my life is going to be like as soon as I get married, as soon as I have kids, and it's going to be so amazing. I can't wait, right? And it's so important to really get a full grasp of what that vision is. And tip number one is to actually align your vision of your life as a family with your spouse. What values are important for you to instill in the kids together, 
right? Understanding that, getting on the same page with as much as possible as you can, because obviously you can't anticipate every single thing that might come up, but there are certainly a lot of like essential discussions that need to happen that all parents go through that you can prepare yourself so that you can get on the same page and trust that you are both working towards the same thing, right? Like what lifestyle do you want as a family? Do you want to be a family of like sports central, right? Like where your community is the sports network, or do you want a lifestyle where you guys like to travel a lot and, and go on adventures in homeschool or whatever? There are so many different ways that you can do family life and call it your own. But when you merge with another person, you have to kind of figure out like, what's our united vision that we're working towards so that we can both individually make decisions that align with each other's bigger goal and contribute to that sense of teamwork and partnership that is so crucial in a marriage, especially once you become parents, because you can't always like consult with your co-parent, your partner, like on every single thing. Sometimes it's like a snap judgment that you have to make because something's happening. But when you have that alignment in place. You've already discussed it. Maybe you regularly discuss it. There's a sense of trust that's built within each other. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like you are on a team and you are working together for each other, for the family. And you guys are very much the co-pilots of your family unit. So that's number one. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is just really you have to talk, you have to communicate with each other. Um, And I think that that can be really hard for some people, you know, some people, they don't know what they want. And I think that that even stems from having like a disconnect with themselves first. So kind of going back to what you had mentioned in the beginning is you almost have to look yourself in the mirror and like have those uncomfortable tough conversations with yourself and I think it's really easy to like bypass that and get really distracted and you know be busy in your life so then you don't have to do that but it's it's almost key to being able to have these conversations with your partner Oh, absolutely. And, and yes, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's really easy to be like, I am running in a million miles an hour, you know, shuffling kids to different places or cleaning up messes or whatever stage of motherhood you're in. Like currently I'm in all of the stages because my kids are such a wide variety of age ranges, but there is always going to be something that you can distract yourself with. It's all busy work. But when you take a step back and you consider, how do I want to look back on our life together? Aren't you going to want to wish that you were more intentional about it? And the only way you can be intentional about it is if you actually allow yourself to pause and actually think about what is it that we actually want and are our actions aligning with that? Are they getting us closer to having that be our reality, Mm -hmm. right? When we actually do things with purpose. Yeah. 
and we discuss it with each other, that's how we can get to that place faster, smoother. And if you are one of those people who are having trouble understanding yourself, you feel like you have a lack of awareness of yourself, take time to explore, test things, right? Just kind of take a look around at what you see. You can even go to like a popular family place, like a park, and just people watch other families Mm. and, and take a look and be like, I like that. I don't like that. Like wherever you want to get inspiration from, that could be a great start. Mm-hmm. You can even take a look at your upbringing and be like, mm, definitely don't want to repeat that and have conversations about that with your spouse, about their upbringing, your upbringing, mm-hmm. how you want to change, how you're going to raise your family together and what you're going to do better or work on as individuals. And that is what's going to start that ball rolling because what you don't want to do is show up and be like, well, I don't know, like, I just don't like that, but no other information on how to change something or what you're even working towards, because that's where communication issues happen. When you are not taking the time to do the work, to understand what it is that you feel and what you want, and you're putting the onus on your partner, which is the same as making them read your mind, which is very difficult to do because they're just trying to figure themselves out. So if we just each take the responsibility to figure ourselves out, that could be so helpful to the entire unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that came up listening to you there is, and I feel like kind of in this place a little bit with myself. So speaking out of personal experience, I feel that entering parenthood can change your priorities and it can almost like for each partner it can change it but in different directions so for us um you know my husband sees our life near like the ocean because he loves the water and he wants to be able to fish and all of those things and for me what's important for me is almost like I would love to have like a home setting lifestyle like a little mini farm and things like that and so compromise is also huge once you do communicate your individual values and what you envision for your life so it's kind of an interesting place to be because it's you know obviously we love each other like we plan on you know staying together but what we want what we want now is radically different than what we wanted when we first started dating because we were essentially babies. We were 21 and now we're 34. Um, So it's an interesting place. And I think that becoming a parent truly changes what's important to you. So just speaking from, from my experience, you know, we decided to have a home birth and we're going to be homeschooling our daughter. Like if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I would be doing those (laughs) things, I would have been like, what are you talking about? So it's so interesting how becoming a parent just changes everything and shifts everything. So you really do have to be able to be flexible and shift and navigate like those new waters with your partner. Yeah. And even when you're noticing that your, your desires are changing to communicate that, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it goes 
uncommunicated Mm -hmm. until it's time to make a decision and you're going right and they're going left. And then there's some confusion about like, wait, I thought you were on the same page with each other, but really it was never a conversation that had been had. And Mm -hmm. so depending on the awareness of both you and your partner being able to kind of tease out some information that could lead to a pretty ugly fight that could go unresolved for years. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like you said, if you wait and then it's time to make the decision, I would imagine there would be a lot of pressure at that point to make the decision. And then, yeah, I can see how that could go south and not in a very amicable way where you can kind of decide on what's best for everyone um, to kind of you know, suit everyone's needs and desires. So you mentioned that was step number one, but you said there were three things. So what is number two? Today's episode of Rising Into Mindful Motherhood is proudly sponsored by the Confident Conception Membership. Are you or someone you know on what feels like a never-ending journey to motherhood, facing an uphill battle of fertility challenges? I'm Dr. Katie, your podcast host, pharmacist, and integrative fertility coach with over a decade of experience. I've been where you are, and I understand the roller coaster of emotions and heartache. That's why I've created the Confident Conception Membership, a program designed to help you address the real reasons behind fertility challenges. Like my client Elizabeth, who struggled with fertility for nine years, having tried and failed other programs. She was in disbelief when just a couple of months into using my Confident Conception method, she finally got her first positive pregnancy test and welcomed her healthy baby boy this year. Using the Confident Conception Method, we combine traditional medicine and energy healing to unlock your innate and abundant fertility potential. This isn't just about putting a Band-Aid on to cover up the physical symptom. It's about healing the energetic and physical root causes. As a member, you'll receive personalized guidance, bi-weekly live coaching calls, and become a part of a supportive community of like-minded women who truly understand what you're going through. We offer flexible payment options, plus our annual members receive exclusive savings and bonuses to accelerate their path to pregnancy. Don't let another month of frustration and overwhelm pass you by. As a special offer to our listeners, you can use the promo code PODCAST10 to receive 10% off the lifetime of your membership. Secure your spot now and expedite your journey to motherhood today by visiting www.yourempoweredfertility.com slash membership to learn more and enroll. Together, we'll pave the way to your confident conception for a future filled with joy, unconditional love, and the pitter-patter of tiny feet. The link is in the show notes. Sign up today and your future self will thank you. So naturally progressing, number two is actually to grow as a communicator. This Mm. is so, so important because it's not like we are taught at a young age on how to effectively communicate, right? Or even understand ourselves emotionally. And unless your parents did the work themselves or had parents that taught them how to do it, naturally, you also have no clue, right? Like that was me. I had no clue. I had zero self-awareness, but because I studied psychology, I thought I had a lot of awareness. And looking back, I was so unaware and 
just blamed everyone for everything that I thought went wrong or didn't go my way in life. And so growing as a communicator means being so good at understanding yourself, how you feel, what you want, what you need, Mm -hmm. and being able to communicate that in a way that invites the person to stick around and listen, to be open-minded and promote a environment that will yield open conversation. And how do you do that, right? You practice. You practice speaking with personal responsibility. And when you do that, you can minimize the defensiveness that a lot of couples often face. Like, it's kind of funny sometimes, right? Like, I hang out with a lot of couples who have kids, obviously, because similar stages of life, right? And it's so funny when they start bickering. And I'm just like sitting there watching because of the nature of what I do. I'm like, yep saw that happening. I know exactly at what point it started to go that direction and why it's still happening right now. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you learn how to speak with personal responsibility, you can really minimize that defensiveness, the back and forth and maximize feeling heard and Mm -hmm. setting the stage for that open communication, which will then create that deeper connection and closeness and and emotional intimacy that we all crave in a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So things you can do include using I statements, right? Like really just focusing on communicating from your perspective, which means not putting words in their mouth, not making assumptions about why they did something or what they're doing, labeling, criticizing, judging, blaming, nothing that has to do with your partner, but rather everything to do with your experience, how you feel, what it is that you want, what you need, so that it's really more about providing context and understanding rather than pointing the finger. Mm-hmm. And one way that has been really life-changing for me in my marriage, and in fact, all relationships with my kids, with close friends, my family, is to remember that whenever you're in a conflict, you want to fight the problem, not the person. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make whenever there's conflict is they see the person and the issue as the same thing. And you almost villainize the person because they disagree with you because they didn't do something that you expected them to do because, you know, fill in the blank. But when we start to separate the issue from the person, you can work together as a team to Figure out, okay, what is the problem here? How did we get here? Okay, what do we need to do going forward to prevent this from happening again? Mm -hmm. And what are we learning about ourselves and each other and how we work so that we can move from this stronger as a couple and feel more united? Yeah, Yeah, that's that's so good. And I (laughs) I feel like my husband and I have gone, have come light years from you know, communication in college was horrid. And now that we're grown adults, it's much better. But, you know, even after being out of college and whatnot, we've still had to come a long way. And I, I like how you just touched on how you really approach the conversation. You know, I think for me, 
stubbornness is some, you know, a quality that is in our family. So it's almost like going into a conversation without quote unquote demands, you know, approaching a conversation being coming from like a very demanding standpoint versus, you know, I'm trying to think of like how to word it, but just a different perspective, I guess. Um, and, and then really being open and almost curious about the other person's side. So that has been really helpful for me instead of just being so defensive, like you had mentioned, because that, I would say that was a big struggle for both of us is just, you know, the, the walls would be up and, Mm -hmm. um, just being very defensive about anything. And it's funny because like thinking about it in this way, and this is something that I'm really focusing on with my community and clients is our nervous system. Mm -hmm. So we are in such a different world than our parents and grandparents. Like everything is go, go, go. We expected it yesterday. Our nervous systems are in overdrive, which I think makes us more apt to be in such a reactive state when conflicts come up. Um, So really being able to regulate your nervous system and calm your nervous system can make you respond in such a different way. And I think that that's why I have been able to shift my marriage communication in that way. And even just with my daughter, kind of having, you know, like a positive parenting style. I have learned a lot from that in terms of more intentional and calm ways to converse with your child. But, you know, those are things that you can take and extrapolate in the way you converse with adults too. (laughs) So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely correct because it is not in your favor to engage in conflict when you're feeling overstimulated, highly emotional, right? That is, you're just setting yourself up for failure to invite drama and unnecessary drama to add. And when you're able to understand your emotions and how to feel them without projecting them, Mm-hmm. and how to calm yourself down so that you can get to the root of the issue and speak from your heart rather than from your fear, right? Like, because when we get into conflict, what ends up happening is our bodies receive that as almost like an attack. Mm-hmm. Like you disagree with me and we're supposed to be a married couple. We're supposed to be a united front. What does this mean? Right. And, and our brains go crazy and it starts to flood your system with all of these other examples of past moments of how you two were not on the same page. And, and it's almost like you envision doomsday happening, but it's all because you are in some like hyperactive or hypoactive state with yourself. And you need to come back to a place of groundedness and calmness. So yeah, I work on emotional regulation, which is greatly tied to your nervous system Mm -hmm. to allow them to be able to facilitate more productive conversations with their spouse for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, if anyone is finding themselves in a predicament where you get into a conflict with your spouse, and I know 
this would happen to me. I would have like a thousand things running through my mind and I would almost find it helpful to take a step back and almost write things down. Like this is how I'm feeling. These are the things that I want to communicate because it would, I feel like my brain would be so overstimulated. I couldn't even speak them out because it was just so many different thoughts and things running through my head. So I think even just writing things out and then maybe you can go back to that conversation in a much more collected, calm, grounded state. Yeah. Understanding all your thoughts and feelings and wants can really help set the tone because then you can go back to the conversation with a sense of direction and focus, not, not in a manipulative way, but rather like, what's my intention for this conversation? How do I want to show up? What is it that I want to share? And how do I want my partner to feel receiving my presence in this conversation. And sometimes it might look like multiple iterations of writing it down because you might be rage journaling, right? Because you're going to need several drafts. You know, they say like, don't send an email when you're mad because it could Mm -hmm. come off really bad Mm -hmm. and create a worse situation than you started with. Same thing. You can either go for a walk and really let your thoughts come out and and feel that anger, feel that frustration. And then once you feel the thoughts start to settle, once you start to notice additional perspective and curiosity come in, then you are ready. Don't go in any sooner than that, because that's what's going to send the defensiveness on overdrive from your partner. And you're just going to keep going back and forth, bringing the past into, into the present or you know, criticizing like my go-to when I'm feeling flooded is to criticize and, and get defensive and, and blame and judge and all of that. But when you get to know your body really well, and you understand the sensations that come up, you can start to pinpoint like, oh, it's coming up. I'm going to need to give myself a moment, Mm -hmm. take a break because I used to think, <laughs> I used to think that, hey, if we have a problem, we have to solve it right now. Like right now, I had like this sense of urgency and impatience. But as I've gotten older, I've learned that urgency is not a good theme <laughs> to facilitate a productive, open hearted conversation that can actually yield positive results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Ooh, number two is so good. So I can't wait to hear what number three is. Yeah. So number three is to prioritize connecting with each other. It is so, so easy to get caught up in the busyness of it all. And it's almost like a lot of couples, including myself, by the way, I have to like constantly remind myself to do this as well. But It's so easy to treat connecting with your partner like going to the gym, right? It's like, oh, I'm too tired. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I just don't have the energy or the desire or the motivation. I'm just not up for it. Like we have a million excuses because we have so many things on our plate. But it is so, so important to prioritize connecting with each other, whether it's date nights in. 
whether it's date nights out, whether it's moments where if your kids are old enough to allow them to walk ahead of you while you hang back with your spouse and really just like savor in the moment that you two have together, whether it's checking in with each other every day and having conversations, cuddling at night, spending time watching your favorite show, you know, different ways of connecting and feeling that spark with each other to remind yourselves we're still a couple, Mm -hmm. right? And if you're in that place where you're like, but I am too tired, but I don't feel motivated, but I feel resentful or I feel burned out, right? That's a really big one. I feel too burned out. Then you need to start to take a look at how do I want my life, right? Like go back to number one, which is to to figure out your vision for your family. Do you want your family to be of, you know, you two as a solid, strong couple, still feeling like a young couple, but also raising kids and feeling like a solid partnership? Well, in order to do that, your marriage needs to be nurtured the entire time. You cannot just be like, okay, well, I'm going to hit the pause button. Or if you're like an Austin Powers fan, like freeze the <laughs> like freeze the relationship status and then years later thaw it out. Like it doesn't work that way because without connection, communication starts to break down a lot easier, a lot faster, a lot more frequently. So that's why you need to put connection at the forefront. So how do you need to rearrange your lifestyle to make that the priority, right? So does that look like taking on less sports for the kids? Does that look like simplifying your meals at night? Does that look like pushing up bedtime for the kids, involving them in house responsibilities, you know, chores so that it's not all on you? Does that mean having better conversations with your spouse so they understand what your actual bandwidth is and what you need support with to be able to function and thrive as a woman, to be available as a wife, to be a nurturing present mother, right? Like all these things need to happen Mm -hmm. to help you want to connect. Mm -hmm. If all of those things are in place, then you're going to want to connect. You're going to want to um, plan those date nights or take turns planning those date nights or go on vacation together without the kids, like whatever your style is, whatever is getting in the way, identify those blocks and deal with them now. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like what I'm hearing a lot from that is almost delegating and setting boundaries too. Oh, absolutely. You know, maybe not saying yes to everything. Cause I know, especially being in the summer, there's so many things going on. Um, just allowing you and your family to be, I know we had, our summer has been pretty busy and we had one weekend in July where we had no plans. And we were thinking like, Oh, should we go to my, my in-laws? They live on a lake. And I'm just like, you know, I think it would feel really good to just be home. So setting up those boundaries for yourself, for your family. And then like you were saying, it's delegating. So if you have someone that can help with chores around the house and even delegating things for your partner to do, because I do find with even just friends, family, or any people in my community where 
it seems like all of the things fall on the woman's shoulders a lot, like cooking, cleaning, you know, if you have kids, running them around to wherever they need to be. And it's like your your partner is equally as capable to do a lot of those things. But I think a lot of times the communication isn't there where the woman carries those burdens and then the resentment can come in. Um, so that is something I'm very fortunate in my marriage is my my partner. He does the dishes. He does most of the cooking. Um, he'll put our daughter down, um, you know, half of the time. So it, it doesn't just fall on me. I know for me, because I was exclusively breastfeeding. So for the first two years, I was the one putting her down. And I think it mm-hmm. came to a point where it was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm feeling burnt out. and you know, that was communicated and he stepped up and he really started, um, you know, putting her down actually more than I was putting her down. Cause I just needed a break. Um, but I feel as sometimes as women, whether we just didn't have the right role models or, um, even certain traumas that maybe we experienced, like we could have, uh, maybe, a little bit of people pleasing, a little bit of perfectionism, or just things where we need like too much controlling, I think, mm-hmm. where That's we feel like we, you know, and I, I struggle with this as well. Like I clean things or do things in a very certain way and other people don't necessarily do that to my quote unquote standards. But I think for like my level of sanity, I've just had to let those things go. Yes. And just, you know, my stepson is is 17. He helps with um, the chores. And as much as it drives me crazy sometimes, it's just like, well, it is what it is, you know. Um, and you didn't have to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So just, I think it all comes down. And this is a lot of what I teach with my fertility community is, is feeling confident to advocate for your needs and your wants. And it really is so important. Um, I think to be able to have that space for your relationship. Yeah. And as much as it is about confidence to advocate for your needs, you also have to look at the long-term vision of not advocating for your needs, right? Who do you become when you don't? Mm -hmm. You become unavailable. You become irritable. You become this version of yourself that you don't recognize or like. Mm -hmm. And is that the version you want them to get? The people that you love most While it is so easy to show them your full self, that doesn't mean that they have to see that side of you all of the time. And if it's something that you've been showing them a lot more often or even regularly, you might want to take a look at how am I not speaking up for myself? What am I choosing to take on? And playing that martyr role of, well, I'm the mom, I have to do it. I'm the only one that knows how to do it. I know that could feel good and and feel like, oh, I can take credit for this, but at what expense, right? If, If it's risking your relationship, the one that is the most important to your well-being, right? The one with your family, the one with your spouse, I would argue that it's not worth it to be able to say, I did it all. And I did it all with a smile on my face. But really, 
that's just for show, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want your life to be portrayed differently in photos than how it actually feels, right? Like, wouldn't you like for your photos, your family photos of you guys smiling to actually reflect how it really is Mm -hmm. on a normal basis? Obviously, you're going to have those like moments, but like generally, don't you want to feel like that family you see in the photos? Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you do need to set boundaries. You need to be very upfront about hey, this is what my bandwidth is today. And and understanding that it could change at any moment. And same for your partner as well and your kids. And just being human and compassionate with each other about it and being there for each other, supporting yourself and your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Um, beautiful. I would really love, you know, for anyone who's maybe listening and maybe you don't have your child yet, but you're trying to conceive or whatever your situation may look like, I would love to really tie it all together because I know we've been speaking mainly from like a, a parenting role, but I think that it's so important to start this communication. I'm sure you agree before you step into this motherhood in in parenting role. And what I sometimes see in my clients is some spouses or partners are very much involved in the fertility process or the preconception process, but some are not. And I, I can see the toll that that takes on the woman because, you know, society and even just conventional medicine lays a lot of the fertility burden on the woman's shoulders when realistically, you know, infertility struggles is as of right now, it's 50% can be due to male factors. And that's just a whole nother side note. But I think starting those conversations, even as soon as the preconception phase, if not earlier, ideally before you probably get married, right? We want to have a strong foundation of communication and connection, but you know, you don't have to do the preconception and the fertility phase alone and you shouldn't have to. So definitely including your partner with that. Don't feel that you have to, you know, what we were just talking about take on all the roles of the household duties and your career. And maybe if you're doing fertility treatments like IUI or IVF, it can be so strenuous and just all of the things you have to do. So opening yourself up to receive support, if maybe uh, a sense of control is a factor for you, where you feel like you have to do all of the things, you know, allow yourself to, to delegate and release some of those priorities because at the end of the day, that's just going to add to to the level of stress. And I think when you have this strong foundation of communication, like we've been talking about before you maybe conceive and before you have your child, that's just going to make you and your spouse like all the more stronger to get through that phase. Because the newborn phase, it's, you know, each phase (laughs) of childhood is difficult. But the newborn phase is yes. like, it's a shock, especially. To and yeah. if you are, if your goal is to, you know, breastfeed exclusively breastfeed, that's putting so much on you. So just really, you know, 
I think that this is such a good conversation to have even before you have children or a good conversation to listen to where you can really cultivate a greater awareness of how you're maybe showing up in your relationship and then including your partner in that and how can you both support each other you know no matter what phase or season that you're in right now yeah no definitely i think the earlier the better because you will just always continue to grow as a communicator and obviously if you start earlier then you're going to just set yourself up for even greater success because once the kids come out you're going to notice that you have new triggers come into play Mm -hmm. and it is not pretty sometimes, but if you already have the foundation and awareness of what your behaviors are, when you're feeling that, like that overwhelm, the emotional overwhelm during conflict, you're going to be able to pivot and redirect and, and hit pause when necessary so that the conversations don't have to escalate to that nth degree where, you know, it feels catastrophic and you guys can find yourselves again and actually work through it as a team instead of just sweeping things under the rug and building resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just like Katie says, you don't have to go through it alone, making sure that you are sharing all the feelings that you are having, all the fears and concerns and desires that you that you have, and, and don't feel like you have to hide them. The more your partner knows, the more they can be better equipped with context on ways to support you, how to navigate this emotional experience that you might be having. They'll know when to be a little more gentler or maybe just push you to take better care of yourself or, you know, step up to the plate and do more so that that you can just handle whatever it is that's going on and introduce, you know, other methods for them to be more of a partner for you. It's it's not always like, oh, well, they're not doing what I need them to do because they're not supportive. It could be that they don't know how to be supportive, or it could be that they think that you're handling it so well because you're hiding so much of it mm-hmm. that they don't think they need to do anything differently. So make less assumptions, provide more context and have more open conversations. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, I couldn't agree more. And just the way you described it, I think it will be very eye-opening and insightful for anyone who's listening. So anyone who is listening, if you recognize that maybe you do have some struggles going on. I do know that Michelle has a freebie, a free clarity call um, to really help you define your goals for your marriage and work through any challenges. Um, Do you want to talk on that at all? Yeah, it's a great opportunity for you to understand what are your challenges with my insight to kind of provide that Uh, removed perspective of like, hey, I'm noticing this. This could be the the thing that is stopping you from having what you want and and clearly defining what it is that you want. So if you're struggling with like, hey, I feel stuck right now and I don't like where the relationship is heading, 
or where it already is, then book a call with me. Let's figure out what your challenges are, where you are trying to take your marriage. And I can share with you observations as well as things I think that you could work on to be able to help move your relationship forward in the direction that you want. And if it's a fit, then we could talk about working together. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I will drop all links in the show notes. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the marriage and motherhood podcast and where the listeners can learn more and connect with you as well. Yeah, so my podcast, I release a weekly episode that dives into different aspects that help with you reconnecting with your spouse, whether it's communication, whether it's prioritizing connection, or even just helping you have a better relationship with yourself, taking better care of yourself, understanding yourself, really living your life fully so that you can show up as the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. for yourself, for your husband, for your kids, for everyone around you. And I often have guests um, come on to share things that would help the average mother out there that often kind of just like leaks into their marriage, right? So I would love for you to take a listen and check it out. And we can connect inside of my Facebook group, which is also called Marriage and Motherhood. It's a private Facebook community that's free where we can have conversations about what it takes to have a successful marriage while you navigate motherhood. And I would love to learn more about you and connect with you inside of there. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. The links will be in the show notes. And thanks so much for just being here today and really sharing your story and your passion. And yeah, thanks so much, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rising into Mindful Motherhood podcast. If this episode resonated with you or gave you an aha moment, stop what you're doing right now and write a review. This simple act of kindness helps me get this podcast out to connect with as many women as I possibly can. I also have a special offer. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I will take $250 off one of my premium coaching containers. Let me know what resonated with you the most and why. So connect with me and my free Facebook community or tag me on Instagram. You'll find both listed below. Thanks again from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to this episode and I'll see you next time.